Hi, we're here, Dane and I, at Happy Hollow. But we've had the opportunity this morning to go to lots of the different projects. And I just want to say how proud we are to be part of Westgate. And it's just amazing what a little bit of, of time, the efforts uh, and the changes that it'll make. Good morning, Westgate Church. I'm Council Member Dev Davis. And I am here today at Happy Hollow Park and Zoo with the Beautiful Day team and they are out making our community better. And I just wanted to thank you all for everything you do for our community. I heard there were 18 projects this weekend and I just think that's so fantastic. It's so important for all of us to get together and do good for our community and to support each other. And that's what you do at Westgate Church and I am so grateful for that. Um, and I chose to serve with Beautiful Day because it's always very fun every year to come out here and serve the community, and I love San Jose. Hey, I'm standing at the Guadalupe River uh, cleanup project right now. Um, it is a tough project to come to uh, this river um, that has a lot of trash, uh, but year after year after year, uh, when we plan this project, I hear from uh, all you volunteers who have signed up. Uh, a great response on how this has been uh, such an experience uh, to see what we could do for our nature that God has created. At the same time, uh, bless uh, this place. Hey guys, it's JP here. Uh, we're at the Socorro House doing Beautiful Day Project. This weekend has been um, pretty amazing. It's Kind of one of the reasons why I've been doing Beautiful Day year after year is kind of seeing how God provides. One of the best things that I like about Beautiful Day is um, God shows up and He provides. Um, and just seeing the hearts of the volunteers, um, it makes me explode inside. I'm Laura Holmbeck, and I'm the lead for the Beautiful Day dance. This year, due to COVID, we are doing an outdoor event instead of an indoor dance. So we have a fall festival all ready for our friends from Young Life Capernaum uh, to come and do trick-or-treating, pumpkin patch, have a costume parade and a dance at the end. So it'll be great time for them. Hi, this is John Collins. Uh, I'm out here today at Martha's Kitchen at Sacred Heart School. This is a legacy project. We've been out here nine weeks and uh, we're getting really close to the final uh, effort. Hey everybody, my name is Joe Brady and we're in downtown San Jose at The Place and we are doing an outside remodel.
right, well, we are here at uh, Galvin Park, and here at Galvin Park, we were able to refinish the bathroom. There's a nice mural here that was, uh, that was done by an artist. Really just here to give the kids that come here every day a, uh, you know, a, a, a nice place to come and enjoy themselves, and, um, and I think we were able to do that with this project. Yeah. Yes, uh, let's give a clap offering to God for allowing us to uh, do everything we were able to do this uh, last weekend. If one of your projects didn't show up in that video, it's because we cannot show a 10-minute video. Uh, it, <laughs> and uh, next time, it may come up. Uh, I just want to thank you all for uh, showing up uh, and uh, serving our community in a, in a very powerful way this last weekend. We had over... Uh, 1,350 volunteer spots that was filled. That was about 5,500 volunteer hours uh, on a weekend uh, with 18 different projects. I believe our community, our city, our county is a little better because of the time that uh, you all have uh, given. We were able to serve uh, public schools, uh, parks, and uh, nonprofit organizations that are doing really well. Uh, we were able to serve in a low-income a neighborhood that had a lot of need, um, and I, I, I truly believe that in all these places, uh, God's name was glorified in the process. Uh, we were able to show uh, light where there was darkness and to show some hope uh, where there's a lot of hopelessness uh, in our community. Well, if this is the very first time you're joining uh, our service, uh, we are thrilled to have you here uh, on, online, uh, outside uh, the tent. Um, uh, but we also want to just to let you know that, well, I'm glad that you were here this week and not last week. If you were come here last week, but no one would have been here and could have got confused what happened to church after COVID or something like that. Uh, but uh, we are alive and well. Um, we were able to serve, uh, uh, worship God outside the walls of our church. Um, and today, uh, we're just going to take some time uh, to celebrate what God uh, was able to uh, do to us in this last weekend. Um, it may sound a little bit bra bragging because, you know, we're talking about our church and uh, what we were able to do, uh, but, but trust me, the, I, the goal here is to give glory to God uh, on what he was able to do uh, with us. Last year, um, when we did Beautiful Day 2020, uh, and on 2021 January, when we started planning for this year's Beautiful Day, I remember very vividly sitting in one of our meetings um, and uh, just thinking, God, uh, you helped us to somehow do Beautiful Day 2020 really well. Uh, we didn't miss a beat. We were able to do a lot of projects uh, in the midst of shelter in place, uh, no vaccine, uh, none of our projects got canceled, and things went really well in 2020. And uh, in January 2021, as I was uh, sitting with our team planning this, uh, I, I just talked to myself and said, you know, maybe by, by October things will, things will be okay. 
And we're going to be fine this year. If God can help us to do 2020, we will do 2021 really well. And then 2021 came. I should tell you, and, and several of our beautiful day leadership team is here, uh, some of them who have been with our leadership for 10 or 15 years, have told me that this year has been one of the most toughest year in terms of spiritually and, and, and dealing with all the things uh, that we had to deal with in our community, with local government and otherwise. Uh, m- several of our leaders uh, were affected uh, you know, health-wise, their family were affected health-wise just before uh, Beautiful Day. Uh, some of them had to go through some difficult time with their work uh, and their family. Uh, spiritually, we got attacked in many uh, different ways. Some of our projects actually got canceled the very last minute. In the midst of all of this, I, I remember uh, going back to uh, in my prayer room and, and praying and asking God, uh, God, God what, what do you want? What are you teaching us in this process? Where are we going with this? I asked certain questions, and today uh, I would like to frame our time uh, by just taking three questions. Why do we do Beautiful Day every year? Um, how are we supposed to do it, especially in the, with the circumstances that we have right now? Um, and where are we going with this? In the midst of all of these challenges, let me just share a little bit on why we do Beautiful Day every year. It takes a lot of uh, effort to do Beautiful Day. Some of you may only be attending on a weekend, but uh, uh, we have a leadership group that is, that is pretty large. I have over 100 people who are leads and subleads and directors and, uh, and board members who are all volunteers, 100% volunteers, take their time uh, to know all the details on how to serve. And sure, we, we put a lot of finances Uh, And sure, we also this year came across a church who said they do not want to participate or collaborate with us because we serve on a Sunday outside the walls of our church. These are the kind of things I get to hear. And uh, as I was was thinking and and praying through all of this, I I asked to myself uh, to understand from the scripture, why do we do a beautiful day? We do beautiful day because of a real conviction uh, that we have from the scripture, and it is called every a human being, a created in the image of God, imago Dei, that everyone that we see in this world are created in God's image, and not only that, not only that they are created in God's image, that God paid a huge price and died for the redemption of all his image bearers in this world. Hence, they carry worth and value. Hence, it is worth to spend time and effort and finances Uh, to love and care our community. Not because of where you live, not because of how much money you have in your bank, not because of who you are. You you have worth and you have value because God has decided to love you by dying on the cross and also God has created you in his own image. That's the heart of God. That is the heart of Jesus that we see in the scriptures, especially uh, in several of the gospels. Let me read for you uh, one, one, part, uh, one section in uh, the gospel of Mark, chapter three, uh, verses one through six. You see Jesus' heart here. Uh, his heart is for people, uh, more than rituals and traditions and other things that we see uh, in our world. Mark, chapter three, verses one through six. It says, another time Jesus went in a, into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man, 
with a shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Verse 4, then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians uh, how they might kill Jesus. Jesus asked this question to uh, the Pharisees, who are legalistic followers of the Jewish faith. In fact, they considered uh, that it was unlawful even for a physician to take care or heal a person during Sabbath. It was common practice for rabbis to pray for people uh, who may be uh, having different diseases or or who are ill. And here at this time when Jesus is on on Sabbath uh, in front of a synagogue, they're waiting to see what Jesus would do. Jesus asked the question, "What what do we do during Sabbath? Should we do good or should we do evil? Do we kill someone or we save somebody's life? Jesus, in in the next verse, it says that Jesus was angered and distressed. There's not many places in the gospel that that phrase is used. He was angered and distressed at their attitude of not valuing the life and the dignity of a human being. That's what God cares about. That's the God that we serve. Jesus here wants to let us learn that it is important more than traditions and and rituals and all other things, that it is important to value the dignity and and the worth that human beings carry. I got to meet uh, a local government official uh, two months ago, Um, and as I was introducing myself to him as uh, a pastor here at Westgate Church, uh, he was telling me how he was connected, and he remembered Westgate Church for about 16 years ago. Uh, because of a beautiful day project that happened. Um, we were able to do uh, something called as walking uh, to uh, raise money uh, for AIDS research. And uh, his, one of his family members had AIDS. And the thing that he told me was very fascinating. He's not a Christian person. And he remembers church this way. And his attitudes about Christians changed because of this. And he shared We valued people that society did not by giving a day that was sacred to us for raising money for this cause. I was not here 16 years ago, so I asked uh, Steve about this, and uh, he told me, I I, I don't know the man, but we don't like AIDS either. That's my Steve impression. Uh, (laughs) That's true. We we care about folks, uh, if you are abled or disabled, if you have a disease or not. Still, God loves you. God loves people. We did it then and we continue to do it now because we believe everyone is someone and people matter to God. That's why we do Beautiful Day every year and that's why we'll continue to do Beautiful Day in the coming years. Number two, how do we do this in the present circumstances? We are are in the midst of a a pandemic. Uh, In 2020, it was ironic to me that uh, we never had an issue in terms of canceling any of our projects But in 2021, after having the vaccine, we still have a lot of hesitancy uh, for agencies, or especially for government agencies, for allowing volunteers to come and serve in our community. How do we do this? The pandemic hit 
uh, all of us, affected all of us in the same way, but the recovery process has been very different for uh, uh, people, especially who are in lower, lower income uh, areas. We decided to take projects in the Washington community, uh, one of the neighborhoods that, was, uh, that has been re really affected by economically due to uh, COVID-19. So when inequalities in our community increase because of the fallen nature of this world, how do we still continue to love our neighbors? How do we live out our convictions? I believe after reading the scripture and praying to God, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It is by keeping Jesus at the center of all our decisions and actions. It is keeping Jesus at the center of it, you will start to see there is nothing else you could do but to serve your community. Paul talks about this in uh, one of his letters to uh, the Colossians, uh, chapter three, verses one through four. And here, he's basically talking to the church in Colossae and telling them uh, how they could lead a holy life. Uh, not just talk about it, not just understand it, but how can they actually live it out? In verse four, uh, Paul says, when Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear uh, with him in glory. The word appear in its original language translates as to show up in true character. To show up in true character. When you invite Christ in your life and when Christ appears in your life in true character, you will be able to show Christ to others around you. The attributes of God, of kindness, and gentleness, and compassion, and generosity, these are not things to keep it to yourself or to your family. These are things to be shared. And I have seen when people become generous, it is, it is contagious. Others start to become generous too. I have seen right here at Westgate Church and many of you who have been volunteers and, 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 and supporting this uh, beautiful day, uh, how you have been generous with your time and with your efforts in our community. Uh, in one of our projects, uh, JP was uh, just mentioning that in the video, um, I met uh, a gentleman who started coming to our services like six months ago. And uh, he just uh, found us online and, and started coming here and he heard about Beautiful Day. And he walked up to us and said, you know, I have a small business of landscaping. Is there any way I could help uh, Beautiful Day and our community? Uh, and sure, we did need that help. And this is how God provides for one of our projects. And he showed up uh, in the middle of his work and, and uh, he came and he served. I have seen people who are doing that for 15 years and I've seen people who have just joined our community being that generous. Being generous is contagious. It is a part of our culture here. And when you do that, God's name will be glorified. Our city, our county, our community needs the generosity, especially now with everything that is going on. And we have an opportunity. We have a platform now to do that in our community by being gracious and merciful to others. We can do that because Jesus has done that to us. That is why we're able to share that to others. And finally, where are we going with this? Um, the issues in our local community uh, is only increasing. And since uh, COVID, uh, you'll start to hear it is ever growing. Um, the, the, the concerns that we hear seems to be never ending, that it can never be completely fixed or fully finished of what we see. Uh, we thought uh, the pandemic will end in two weeks. I don't know if you remember those days. 
in two weeks, we thought we'll come back here. And I was in conversations with the county and, and realized that uh, we are still, after a year and a half, uh, going through uh, some of this. But how could we continue uh, to serve uh, our community? 17 years, we're doing Beautiful Day. When will this end? Or when will we be able to say that, well, we're done here? Um, in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35, uh, the writer of Hebrews is actually challenging his readers uh, who were going through persecution uh, for a very long time. And it almost seemed like if you're being a Christian, you're signing up to die. That's what's happening in the first century. Uh, people were accusing Christians for so many things that uh, they were not even closely, remotely connected with. And in the midst of that, the writer of Hebrews is telling to that group of people in verse 35. This is what he says. Do not throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. The issues in our time seems endless, but the encouragement that the scripture has for us is this. Keep your confidence in Jesus. Not to keep your confidence in, in volunteers or in finances or in great leadership. Keep your confidence in Jesus and you would be able to continue to serve our community. In verse 37, uh, the writer says, how can you keep this confidence in Jesus? You can do this because Jesus, he's, he's, as he promised, in a little while, he who is coming will come and he will not delay. We can keep our confidence, as we just sang today, as Chris was leading us. We can keep our confidence in God because the God that we believe will come back and redeem this world one day. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, is coming back. We can be confident in him because he fulfills all these promises. One of the greatest things about Christianity is this. Suffering is not never ending. It will come to an end. All things that we see here in this world, God will redeem that one day. That his mercy will be seen around the world. That is the greatest hope that we have, that things that we see here will be redeemed to its fullest when Jesus will come back. The glory of the Lord will be filled in this earth as the waters covers the sea. Now, until that time happens, how do we live? Verse 38 says this, the righteous will live by faith. That's where we are going. That's what we are doing. We will live by faith and continue to serve our community with confidence in our Lord. By doing so, we get to practice in God's redemptive work and show the world a little bit how the kingdom of God will be right now, right here in our midst. So if you participated in one of our projects, in our river cleanup, or in the Galvin Park project, or in the Washington neighborhood area, or at the, uh, at the Hallow, uh, Happy Hallow Park, let me tell you, you've been participating in God's redemptive work, little by little, that we get to show the world how the kingdom of God will look like. It's generous, it is compassionate, it is loving, it is sacrificial, and we get to live that out right now, right here in our community. So Westgate Church, you kept the confidence in our Lord and served our community well in this last, especially in this last two years. Let's continue to keep the faith. 
Let's continue to be generous. Let's continue to love well. Let's continue to give good so that God's name will be glorified in our community and we would be able to do this by keeping our confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. People come forward and end this it. Children were prioritized. The poor were resourced. Neighborhoods were cleaned. First responders were thanked. City parks refreshed. County parks refurbished. Schools given makeovers. The marginalized given honor. Together we served a city in a year that, as Finney said, was really difficult. Um, but we turned out in numbers, which is actually quite amazing to me, we turned out in numbers higher than the number of people that attend in person on the weekend. And that's quite amazing, really, for us. And so, to Finney and his team, to the board, to the to the co-leads and leads of every project, to the people who have spent months, months preparing so that we could work for a couple of days. I just want to say thank you. You know who you are. God knows who you are. We don't. But we're grateful for you. And we do this every year. We, we're not really good at this, okay? So let me admit to you, uh, um, one of the lacks in my leadership is, is that I don't celebrate well. Okay, just, y'all know this. I'm, I'm really good at, at saying, let's go. And then once we go, there's something else. Let's go to that. And that's what I'm going to do in just a minute. <laughs> but before I do... I want you to understand that the power here, the power here is the Spirit of God working through a community of people. It's not, it's not one, two, three people kind of spreading out and going and doing something. This is, this is an, I am always amazed. 17 years I've been driving around and seeing these projects and I am constantly amazed and how much skilled stuff can get done through unskilled people if we work together. And I'm reminded of something. The power of the wolf is the power of the pack. A wolf without the pack is just a big dog. To be feared, certainly if it's one-on-one, -on -one, but not something that's really that serious of a deal. The power of the wolf is the pack. And the power of Westgate is the community. God working through that community. This community, our community. That's expressed in so many different ways here and over in South Hills and then in Spanish and then online and then in a tent. Wherever you're comfortable attending at this time, Come on back when you're ready. But wherever you are, that's it. That's us. And so thank you. Thank you for trusting us, continuing to give, continuing to show up. Uh, every year, this is one of, the, one of the things that I don't do very much during Beautiful Day, except show up and push a shovel around like Mark. 
But I get with the, the beautiful team, and especially the staff members, who are freaking out four days before beautiful day. Five days before beautiful day, especially the weekend before beautiful day. I don't know if you heard it in their voices. Please sign up, oh, please. That one, that voice. And I just tell them, don't worry. Westgate will show up. I know this group. They're not going to sign up early. <laughs> but they'll show up. If they say they're going to come, they'll come. And so thank you. Thank you very much for that. But we're not done. This is not a time to sit back and say, okay, well done. We've, that was what we just did. Okay, so we did 23 minutes of sitting back. And now let me remind you that we are in an amazing opportunity this fall. We have an amazing opportunity in front of us, not only to serve what's going on in, in our community, but also the wonderful opportunity to make an investment on something that's going to last for years and years and years in giving good. I introduce this to you if you're, not, if you're like, oh, I don't know anything about this. We just talked about it, you know, really just one week, three weeks ago. We're three weeks in, three, a little over three weeks into the giving good. We've got about nine weeks left. We're trying to raise a million dollars. Yeah, some of y'all don't know. We could do this. Why? Because we're a pack. We're three weeks in. We're already a quarter of the way there, a little over a quarter of the way there. And so... We are convinced, we are convinced that this is God's will for us as a community. And you say, wow, that's pretty strong language. How do you know that? Well, there was a provision of a loan so that we could make a bid on a piece of property right over there where the jack-in-the-box was. We've never had a loan given to us at this size by an individual in the church. I don't know who that individual is, but I'm grateful for him because it allowed us to put a bid on a piece of property and, and purchase it in a very competitive market where lots of people wanted that, that dirt. We decided 15 years ago we wanted that dirt. We've been praying to God on a regular basis that we could someday purchase that dirt. And then it became available, and this person brought a loan, said, Give, do a bid. I'll spot you for a year. The timing of the Cato lot. The Cato lot, if you're not familiar with that language, is the lot, it's the business park that's right there on the corner of Saratoga and Lawrence. And that lot we've used for my whole time here, they've allowed us to park. We've been in a, actually in a legal agreement with them to allow us to park on that property on the weekend. That property was sold. It's gone. And with it is gone the agreement to allow us to park there. It was part of a purchase, not only of that property, but of all the property on El Paseo across Saratoga that you're, you're seeing all that closed, that's getting closed up. That's all being bought up by a developer that has plans to do some amazing things right here in our area in terms of development. And Westgate could be a, just a, it's just like God to put a church right in the middle of it. Then someone came along and just, how am I so convinced this is God's will? Someone came along and gave us a million-dollar gift. We've never had a million-dollar gift, ever. I don't know who that person is. But then they said, and I'll give a second million if you match it. 
That's 10 times bigger than the biggest gift we've ever gotten that I'm aware of. I don't, and I don't know who that person is, but now we have the challenge of matching that second million. And we need to do it by December. We also have the development. I can't really talk about the details of it because it's still all in planning process with the city and everything. But all of that development I was talking about is going to place us right slap in the middle of just a great opportunity to be able to take the gospel to San Jose. And so we don't, in the midst of that, here's what I feel like I got to do in the next four minutes. Actually, maybe a little bit more. I need to help you figure out what your part is. Dane and I, we've known about this for a long time, so we've been praying a long time, and we've made a decision what our part is. How do you do that? In 2 Corinthians, there's an opportunity where Paul is talking to a first century church that is blessed with resources, surrounded by a bunch of churches that don't have very many resources. And he gives them some instruction in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about how to figure out what to do. And he says this, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will reap generously. That's called the law of the harvest. Then he gets to the instruction. This is where I want to spend our time. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's gives four things in terms of your figuring out what am I going, what's my part to do in this? This is how Dana and I work through this. The first one is thoughtfully. It's why we're giving you from now until December, middle of, towards the end of December, to think and pray what your part might be. The word for thoughtfully, originally in its root, was to weigh anchor. It's the idea of preparing for a voyage and all of the preparation that you have to do to be able to go on a voyage. We don't want you to just say, oh, let me think, ah, I think with this way. No, I want you to think and pray what God might do. And I understand that many of us have not come through COVID well. Financially, health-wise, this is a horrible time for me to ask you to give over and above what you're normally doing. If that is you, relax. Relax. There are enough of us. I am convinced there are enough of us that have come through COVID well that we can carry this. So if you're here and you're like, man, dude, I'm, I hadn't worked in a year. I'm, I'm in the middle of between jobs. I haven't, good, we, we, help, let us pray for you. Let us know and, and relax. This is not for you. Giving good is not for you. If you're here and you're, you're feeling like, wow, he really is in my pocket. I'm, all I'm doing is exposing you to an opportunity to put your money where you can drive by 10 years from now and say, I was a part of that. If that doesn't interest you for the, okay, okay. So thoughtfully, not right now. I don't know, yeah, let's give 20 bucks. No, thoughtfully, think this through and pray this through. What is it that you should do? Generously is the second word. It's like, it says, don't give reluctantly. The, the word there, reluctantly, is a state of unhappiness marked by regret. Don't miss this opportunity. I, have, I can stand right here and say, you know what? I helped pay for this building. 
There's, I wrote something under the carpet right here where I stand. And I wrote names of people that I love dearly over on the wall, on, those, on the studs behind that wall right there. And asked that, God, if it would be by your mercy, you don't need my money, but if by your mercy you could save these folks, that'd be awesome. If you could use me in this place right here, God, that, I'd be honored. You want to be part of what we're doing? Then do it generously, not with regret. So thoughtfully, generously, voluntarily. It says not under compulsion. So that's what I was just telling you. If you feel like I'm putting you under compulsion, don't do this. But here's an amazing thing. Right in the chapter before this, Paul said, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. That is an amazing statement. Remember, this is a community of people who were all compelled and had to give. It was you couldn't get in if you didn't give. If you have some willingness to set aside some funds, like Dana and I, we've, we've been putting money towards retirement and, and those kinds of things. We're going to take some of that money and reallocate it somewhere else. Volunteer, we're, we're thrilled to be able to do it. Thoughtfully, generously, voluntarily, and then finally cheerfully. This word we get our word hilarious from. Biblical giving is when joy and sacrifice meet. So if some of you are here like and you're saying, we, we can give some, but we just can't give very much. Just where is joy? Where does joy and sacrifice meet together? If you can't be happy about how much you're given, give less. Now, do it thoughtfully because some of us are really sophisticated in our rationalization of keeping our stuff. True? So I'm asking you to come along thoughtfully, generously, voluntarily, and cheerfully in giving good. Let's, this is the second part. A giving good has three components. Number one, we're going to do a beautiful day. Number two, we're going to raise money and pay off that loan that we have so that we can be paid for and debt-free as a church with two locations. And then number three, we're going to take 25% of all that's given in given good, and we're going to give that, use that to dig wells. So 75% of every dollar you give is going to go towards the, the debt reduction, which I know ain't sexy. Debt reduction, even saying it sounds crappy. <laughs> but let's get, let's get it rid of it. Let's knock it out. We are convinced God has led us to this point. And then 25 cents of every dollar that you give is going to help dig a well around the world. Here's the promise. Here's the promise from the scriptures. Right after this, these passages that I just read, verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly. Now, think about all of the things that are just said in this thing of, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Thoughtfully, generously, voluntarily, cheerfully, as you give, God will meet your needs. He promises that he will if you give in that way. 
join Dane and I in this process. Let's knock it out. It's an honor. It's an honor to be able to do that. And I'm thrilled that I was here at such a time. Now, just one more plea. Some of you are still thinking and you're, that, you know, I've got, all, I'm, I've got all this stuff. Okay, maybe I'll think about this thing. Why does God give you your stuff? Just one last little thing to close with. You ever thought about that? Why do you have all the stuff you have? Because y'all got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. I got a garage full of toys. Adult toys. Not, not, that did sound bad. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I, you know, I, I meant like a motorcycle. I meant like a bicycle. I, crap. I need Saturday night services to edit again, right? Before I come to Sunday morning. Not, not what you think, or not what I thought when I thought, said that. We got a lot of stuff. Why does God give us all our stuff? Verse 11 of this same chapter. You will be enriched in every way. Don't, there should not be any shame in the fact that you have, you have stuff and you have resources. We are a resource church. We give away over $2 million a year. That's because y'all are generous. We're resourced. We're not, I'm not ashamed of that. This is where we live. This is, what, this is what God allows us to do. Now, why? Why does God give us so much stuff? You will be rich in every way so that, there we go, purpose statement, so that you can be generous on every occasion. God doesn't give you stuff so you can be comfortable. He gives you stuff so you can comfort. So that you can reach out and meet needs. So consider it thoughtfully, generously. What's your part? Voluntarily and then cheerfully give. Let me pray for us. God, I know that um, we were celebrating and stuff and then I came in and um, switch directions on folks. And so I ask that we would simply do what your spirit directs us to do and nothing else. Thank you for the clarity you've given Dane and I. Now I pray that same clarity for every person who calls Westgate home that's within the sound of my voice. And I pray for freedom for those who don't trust this community yet or are new and are just checking it out or are in a situation that just doesn't allow them to do anything above and beyond what they normally give. God, may we, may we understand that this is just a part of what you're asking us to do. May we love justice. May we do mercy and may we walk humbly before you. Give us a generous heart. We ask in Jesus' name.